Yeah, he's clearly moved to the left, which, again, obviously that responds to pressure. I mean, the, the progressive segments of the Democratic Party are far more important today than they were 30 years ago. So that's that's clearly behind his movement. But it, it's a great thing to see. I mean, again, I don't know how much he'll be able to accomplish in this Congress. But I'll just point out, you're, you're referring, well, we had the section on his speech from about climate change. We've turned the dial on that. I don't mean to say, you know, obviously climate change is going to continue to be an enormous problem. We're going to suffer enormous hardships here and elsewhere in the world, of course. But we've so much changed the picture with his in, his infrastructure bill and particularly the Inflation Reduction Act. You now have companies that are all in on electric cars, massive industries in terms of solar and wind. That can't be turned back. So that is really, really huge. Now, obviously, we're going to have to do a lot more. We have to keep the pressure up, but we have to recognize what's been done. We are moving forward with a clean energy transition. That's not stoppable. Well, um, Dean Baker, we want to thank you so much for being with us from Astoria, Oregon, senior economist at the Center for Economic and Policy Research, and Congressmember Delia Ramirez, Democrat of Illinois, speaking to us from the Capitol. That does it for our show. Um, Democracy Now! is produced with Renee Fels, Mike Burke, Dina Gesder, Messiah Reds, Nermeen Shafe, Maria Teresina, Tammy Warren, Afterina Nadura, Sam Alkoff, Tamaria, Studio, John Hamilton, Rabbi Karen, Honey Masood, and Sanji Lopez. Our executive director is Julie Crosby. Special Thanks to Becca Staley, John Randolph, Paul Palmer. You're listening to KBOO Portland, 90.7 FM. The time is 7.59 a.m. Next up is Wednesday Talk Radio with Paul Rowland.
Good morning, everybody. I am back after a mini hiatus. Sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes this thing's kind of catch up with me, and I'm, uh, I don't know, just don't feel able to or up to the challenge of uh, doing this show. That's it's just uh, I just put it all right out there. That's why I wasn't here last week. Okay, I'm here this week, and I'm glad to be here. And uh, that was Robert Hoyt, who died on the morning of February 1st at the age of 68, only weeks after being diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer. That from his longtime friend David Rovix, local roving singer-songwriter I've had on this show uh, once at least, maybe again, and uh, longtime association with Robert. Robert, uh, for those of you who don't know, became a uh, one of the 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 incredible uh number of uh, creative talented dedicated troubadours singer-songwriters of the earth within the fold of the earth first movement traveling around to uh, protests gatherings conferences and not just earth first he's a uh, devoted to quite a few causes and uh, yeah, I, I caught him a couple times back in the day we'll miss him Robert Hoyt check him out that was uh, played by your rules yeah that was a uh, kind of in a more uh, I don't know upbeat inspired time when uh yeah, but we're still out there fighting, and uh, we're going to continue on until we are able to change the rules of the game. All right, well, I've got a few other things. I wanted to um, uh, give you some more uh, sad news that uh, a longtime uh, programmer and uh, a host of a show that uh, came right after this one, Fight the Empire, has not died. Thankfully, thankfully he'll still be with us for quite a while, but he is uh, having to retire from his program, Perfagrin. And uh, I'm not sure exactly what uh, health issues uh, came about that has put him in a, 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 a care facility. And uh, yeah, if you're listening, Per, hi, hope you're doing okay. Plan to come to visit you soon. Um, Heard actually his radio wasn't able to pick up Kebu at his facility. Hopefully we'll we'll remedy that situation. Anyway, um, uh, I could you know if you if you want to get in touch with him, I I don't I can't he doesn't have a phone, and I don't really feel comfortable giving you the name address of his facility right now, but I know there's a lot of people out there listening to me, who uh, either have known personally or were listeners to his program um, really excellent program he he was he was here at KBU when I got involved in the late 80s and uh, he's really stuck with it longtime uh, labor activist yeah so uh, keep fighting there pair 
Um, oh, I was going to say, yeah, if you want to get in touch, uh, you know, through KBOO, KBOO.FM, Wednesday Talk Radio, if you you click on the, you know, highlighted in green, um, my name as the host, and then you uh, there's a thing where you can click on uh, contact by email, and it goes to my personal email account through the KBOO system. That's one way you can do it. Um I suppose if we're not getting a lot of calls, you might be able to call Ty, our board operator, and let him know. Um, uh, we don't want to tie up the lines too much for that because hopefully we'll have a, a lively conversation around the topics that I'm going to introduce, including the State of the Union, which was just talked about on Democracy Now. Anyway, I am here solo, 503-231-8187. That's the number. Um, I do also have a, a Facebook um, it's KBOO Wednesday Talk Radio. Um, for that matter, I got a personal Facebook. I tend not to use it a whole lot. I'm not a, a huge Facebooker, but uh, I know it's a uh, it's really important to us here at KBOO and a lot of a lot of uh, activists and organizations and individuals keep in touch. Um, but uh, yeah, Paul Alkire Roland. That's my Facebook. That's my middle name. That's my mom's maiden name, A-L-K-I-R-E, Paul Alkire Roland. And again, KBO Wednesday Talk Radio. Uh, yeah. So that's that. Uh, the uh, uh, I wanted to announce a few things, um, possible subjects. Again, I, I, I was kind of, I, I must say, actually in some ways inspired uh, just by the energy because Biden just always seems really low energy to me. Just kind of, you know, and, and uh, I really resist being ageist. You know, I'm taking care of my 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 elderly mother, and uh, I definitely don't want to, you know, uh, cast aspersions on on the the capacities of the of older people. You know, heck, my mom's 93. Biden's only 80, for for that matter. But anyway, he he does has developed this uh, reputation for. You know, being a a little sluggish, and so that gets interpreted as being intellectually sluggish and being uh, whatever people say. But uh, boy, he he showed a real feisty side, very combative, very able. You know, very able to respond to what was going on. So the uh, it really puts the lie to the ideas that he's not cognitively with it. I think. I mean, yeah. I mean, I could give you a hundred reasons why I think he's not with it uh, politically, probably uh, socially, culturally as well. But uh, anyway, yeah, I just thought it was, it was just, I, I was joking with my mom actually before we watched uh, most of the uh, the State of the Union that, um, you know, just most of them are just so darn boring, formulaic and boring. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe, except for maybe Kennedy, you know, because he did have a real flair, verbal flair, uh, John F. Kennedy. And, you know, it was kind of a joy to to go back and listen to some of his press, watch some of his press conference and such. Anyway, and I, th I thought he did a real credible, creditable job. This is aside from any of the content issues, which I, I want to talk about. But before that, um, I just want to flag a few things. Uh, you may have uh, heard that a labor arbitrator reinstated disgraced former Portland police officer Brian Hunsaker to the police force. 
He was the president of the Portland Police Association last spring when he was fired by Mayor Ted Wheeler for leaking allegations that then-Commissioner Joanne Hardesty and former uh, Thursday uh, KBU talk radio host had been involved in a hit-and-run. The state-appointed arbitrator, Timothy Williams, directed the city to reinstate Hunsaker within 30 days and pay him lost wages minus a one-week suspension. And I could go on. I'm, I happen to be reading from the OPB article. There's numerous other uh, news sources that wrote about this. Uh, I just think that's reprehensible. I mean, either, you know, was it, I mean, it was egregious. It was egregious what, what Hunsaker did. It was mean, not just egregious, but really mean-spirited, you know. The idea, you know, I mean, yeah, police officers are human beings and they do show their their mean-spirited human side all too often, I must say, and that's not a laughing matter in many cases. Um, in this case, you know, whatever. So uh, I haven't heard uh, uh, Joanne respond. It'd be interesting. I doubt she's listening and wants to respond on this show. But anyway, it would be interesting to get her take. Okay, so that's one thing I wanted to flag. Um, uh, of course, there's that horrible, horrible chemical train uh, derailment, just uh, yet yet the latest in an unending series of industrial disasters that tend to, you know, get less noticed because they're so, so gosh darn common. Uh, just the the sight of that those black clouds. I don't know if you heard someone interviewed on uh, some radio station or TV station. I can't remember which, but uh, just saying that everything in her house stank. Even clothes in the dryer, in the closed dryer, stank. Um, yeah, it just uh, she just didn't didn't think she even wanted to go back. Can't even imagine the toxicity of that community. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, we've talked a fair amount here on KBU of this uh, bomb, the bomb trains, the tar sands, oil trains, the chemical trains that just fly around the tracks of this country day and night, day after day after day, 24-7, 365 days a year, and sometimes derail and blow up and add more toxicity into the environment. And, uh, yeah, just wanted to flag that if you hadn't, if you had missed it. Um, couple, a couple of good news on the environmental front. Uh, the pebble mine, the long standing on a 10 or 15 year fight against the pebble mine in, on Bristol Bay in Alaska proposed gold mine. That would just uh, decimate the environment. The, the actually heard on uh, 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 OPB yesterday. Um, Dave Miller, his name of his show is it's so simple, it's, but it's escaping me at the moment. No problem. Anyway, talking about uh, talking with a couple guests about that, uh, the most productive salmon fishery left probably in the world. So that was a uh, EPA actually uh, stood up and uh, seemingly made the took uh, 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 gave it the final blow. It's always a uh, always it, crucial to continually monitor because these things have a habit of raising their ugly heads time and again. But the pebble mine, 
which again has uh, been talked about on KBU over the decade. A coal mine in Australia, think of that. A coal mine in Australia was nixed by the government over environmental concerns. I think they said the first time one has been nixed on environmental concerns over the, because uh, it's close to the Great Barrier Reef. And uh, yeah, concerns about the Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> Fancy that, you know. Better too late than never, as they say. But positive signs, nonetheless. Uh, also, on that same show, I believe, talked about the uh, Eugene banning, quote, so-called natural gas, new natural gas hookups in, uh, well, in new construction, new building, buildings. Um, and that uh, organizing, of course, grew out of the uh, movement to stop the uh, Jordan proposed Jordan Cove liquefied natural gas facility and pipeline. Yeah, one, another victory for the uh, fossil fuel free movement. Uh, uh, really getting down to the nitty gritty of fossil fuel infrastructure with that one. Okay, those are some things I wanted to talk about. Uh, kind of leading into a discussion on the uh, State of the Union. I heard another thing on NPR. Uh, this book, um, uh, The Capital Order. Oh, I wrote down the whole name somewhere. Where did I write that down? Oh, my goodness. Uh, about the uh, origins of austerity. Uh, the creation, how economists created austerity and the origins of fascism, something like that. Uh, I was I was uh, kind of stunned to hear that on NPR. Open. I've, I've talked in the past about how there does seem to be a real taboo about openly talking about capitalism on NPR and, and obviously throughout the society. Um, and never enough discussion here on KBU and uh, within the so-called progressive movement uh but yeah that was uh was that a small crack in the 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 wall of taboo we certainly need more than a, a small crack but yeah I, I guess i say that as a lead-in because uh biden in his talk he said uh without without competition it's not capitalism it's extortion or maybe like a different word order, and that struck me. Apparently, he's they've used that before in November at some other in some other context. Um, I didn't hear a lot of the commentators. I, I listened to all the commentators on CNN. I watched it on CNN last night. Didn't hear them talk about that specifically. I've seen it in a couple articles mentioned, but uh, yeah. So of course I had to look up. You know, I've you know there's the concept of monopoly capitalism, that capitalism actually, you know, this, it, it hasn't been, you know, this Adam Smith mythical idea of, you know, free market capitalism for, I don't know, maybe even since its inception, since, you know, the power corrupts and the ability of people to accumulate capital and the power of the social, economic, political power that goes with it inevitably leads to the desire to uh, to get more power, and that leads to monopolies and the giant corporation that rules 
our society and world and politics today. Um, some exceptions who are always beleaguered and marginalized and uh, often warred against by the capitalist powers. But um, yeah, the um, monopoly capitalism, I think I even brought it up here a couple of uh, articles. Oh, here, here is the name of that. The, the Capital Order, How Economists Invented Austerity and Paved the Way to Fascism by Clara Matei, which Financial Times called the best book of the year. A must-read with key lessons for the future from the famous Thomas Piketty. Um, of course, I don't know how much they actually talk about uh, the uh, the you know I don't know if it's a, a book that talks about you know th these being sort of uh, uh, digressions from capitalism or being inherent in the dynamic of capitalism itself. Anyway, I don't want to go off on all that. I'd like to start having a conversation, but I did kind of want to bring up because, okay, so my take on the, uh, looks, got a, got a caller immediately. I just want to uh, hold on for just a second. Ty is going to get you and, uh, we'll get you on the air in a second. Uh, again, I'd love to hear from uh, new callers, but, uh, old callers are always welcome as well. 503-231-8187. So as I said, I was inspired by, you know, the energy and combativeness. It kind of, I don't know, it kind of energized me. Just like, I think, you know, no comparisons. And I don't know if he's going to continue in that vein. It'd be nice if he did. Just, I, I, you know, JFK, for all his flaws and, uh, you know, all the myths about him, uh, he, he, he had an energy, a youthful energy and a, you know, kind of a, a something, just a flare, a flare, and sort of a, a off-the-cuff spontaneity, and uh, you know, a certain, you know, a certain kind of intuitive intellectuality. I don't know what you call it, but he he was inspired. I think he he liberated social energy, is I guess how I look at it, and that's what we we need. We don't need. I don't know this just this dreary dreary old guard continuing to uh, to take us take us down the path of one disaster after another so so yeah my general you know and I thought all his you know his take on you know his his uh, you know his take on gun control um uh Having the parents of the Tyree, I can't remember his last name, the man who was killed by cops in, in Memphis just a few weeks ago, having them there and, and uh, call, calling on them, uh, I thought that was really powerful. I thought that uh, just a lot of the things he brought up, a lot of the, you know, the, the progressive agenda, I thought he did, I thought he, he really, um, you know, went further in the direction of the, the progressive agenda as embodied in, say, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the so-called squad, you know, the young crop of, of uh, democratic you know, activist lawmakers who uh, have been in um, some now for a couple terms and uh, who, you know, you know, along with uh, good old Bernie Sanders have you know, brought more of a, you know, uh, 
not necessarily explicitly anti-capitalist, but, uh, you know, against the uh, the rule by the rich, against the oligarchy. So, you know, he talked about, you know, he talked about the billionaire tax. He talked about these, you know, nitty gritty things, the way that uh, corporate fees, you know, the way banks and airlines and yadidad, all the corporations add these fees that, that just get it under our skin, you know, like, uh, I don't know, Comcast Xfinity, you know, Previously, I had the other one, um, what's it, Verizon? I don't know, whoever the other uh, cable provider um, is. And they just kept upping their fees. In fact, they got busted for it after I dropped them because you know, my bill went up and up for with no explanation. They all do it. I thought that was good calling that out. And, uh, and that's the kind of thing that maybe will get you know more... Working class people, the people that uh, were disaffected from the Democratic Party and voted for Trump, maybe that'll win some back. I, I think, you know, I'm hoping that if people, those people were actually watching that speech, many of them actually did, you know, hopefully they got a little bit of a different look at uh, Biden and the Democratic Party. Um, and I could go on and on with that because um, I did think that he was pretty much across the board really strong on all the, those issues that he brought up. But, there's a huge but, you know, then we get to Ukraine and his foreign policy, China, and it all breaks down. And that's the schizoid nature of the Democratic Party and, uh, you know, liberal progressive politics in, in general. Um, a lot of people just got swept away by that. And, the, you know, I started to read an article in Foreign Affairs magazine, which uh, I couldn't read because I don't have access to it, but... Um, talking about how, you know, the, he really did start to go in a, a, a progressive direction on foreign policy. And there's a whole bunch of interesting articles I've been looking up. Here's one uh, from uh, Win Without War, Principles of a Progressive Foreign Policy for the United States. Um, progressive Policy Review, a student publication at Harvard Kennedy School, a progressive dem domestic agenda needs a foreign policy vision to match. And he did start to go in that direction with, uh, you know, his his uh, relationship with China, talking about Biden, um, his uh, policies on climate change and a bunch of other things. But the whole Ukraine war thing has, in a way, blown it out of the water and brought us back to the old, um, you know, this old Cold War mentality and this so, sort of a unilateralist um, approach to foreign policy to the world that has characterized the United States along with, you know, this hard-fought gains on domestic issues over the decades, civil rights, women's rights, gay rights, et cetera, et cetera, which are all just massively crucial. But in a way, it's all, all that, to me, it's all meaningless unless we figure out a way to have the, the nation states of the world figure out how to live together without militarism and war which is such a huge uh, contributor to climate change. Okay, that's kind of the, the basic framework. Oh, that, and, you know, actually talk about, you know, is it possible to actually really change things within a capitalist framework, which uh, they're not really willing to talk about either. Okay, looks like Harry's back. Go ahead, Harry, you're on the air. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm sorry to hear about uh, a pair of, uh, fight the empire, but can we send him 
a good uh, uh, get well card to Kebu and it will get to him? Um, it, it might take a while through the snail mail. Um, you could you could get in touch. You could uh, you could do that. Uh, Twenty Southeast Eighth Avenue, Portland, Oregon nine seven two one four. You could send it to me. I have a box here, um, and then I could forward. It would take a while. Uh, other words, like I say, you could stay on the online, and hopefully Ty will could take your contact information, and I could get back in touch with you, and I could privately give you uh, his address. I, I don't think he would mind. Um, I can get okay, him. I assume that everyone had a mailbox so that if he got anything in his mailbox or, or you know, you could... Well, it's, you know, we're still closed down, so our systems really aren't in place for, you know, the the, the usual... I'm, well, I mean, I don't know, because I haven't been in touch with anybody about that. So I can't say, oh, yeah, if you send it to Pear, he'll get into his box, and then whoever deals with the mail will know that and will forward it to him. Um, you know, so you know, you could you could do that, and I could, okay. and I I just don't know actually who's dealing with the mailing. We don't need to get into all this uh, nitty gritty. But go ahead. What's oh, okay? Next is uh, uh, what uh, um, reinstating the uh, the um, from Joanne Hardesty re- reinstating that officer who leaked information, and I and I got to do some more research. I thought. They passed a measure so so that there was no more arbitration. Uh, the, the idea that the mayor who controls the police department fires someone and all of a sudden they're reinstated. Not that we have we've had. Well, I think I think you should years. do a Google search on that because obviously that's not the case or this wouldn't have happened. But yeah, uh, definitely. So I'm I'm going to have to do some more research on that. But you know, but I know uh, Joanne Hardesty does have a. Is suing the um, the city for this, or the police department. So uh, we'll see what happens. That, that might be one reason she doesn't want to make a public comment right now. I suspect, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next is uh, you mentioned about uh, Eugene, Oregon, that um, saying that uh, no more new gas um, uh, appliances, uh, new constructions. No, 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 no new I- gas uh, gas pipelines to newly constructed buildings yeah okay good so th- that means they can't use gas which is great i mean uh, of course you've heard the controversy about uh, gas stoves um right that's a relatively new thing the the health risks it's 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 been yeah, it's, it's been really relative in the last you know 5 years probably that it's really come out yeah yeah and then uh, see a, a gas furnace has a chimney a water heater furnace has a chimney a gas dryer has a chimney. A gas stove that you cook with does not. Un- unless you unless you you install at fairly high expense of one of those powerful uh, hood fans that uh, suck up the, uh, the the gases. Yeah. Yeah, I've never really seen one. Or the people I've known that had gas stoves, they they never knew about this and is you know and the health of risks that they're having so i'm glad they're finally discovering this but uh if you have these big um 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 you know vents like that above a stove of course that means your heating costs will go up because all your heat that you're heating your house is going going to go up that uh that chimney you know 
So we'll see what happens on that. But anyway, that's all I have to uh, mention about, you know, gas stoves. Okay. Okay. Talk to you Good to hear you. Um, and and I understand that there there there's groups in uh, Portland that are, have been looking into that issue as well. Um, so if that's something you're interested, in, I'm sure whatever environmental group you might be connected to or want to get connected to uh, might want to hear about that or get your involvement on that and other related issues. Um, let's see. Looks like we've got. Another caller, uh, Joe, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, I don't have long to talk. I just wanted to uh, make a comment about the Joe Biden tweet you referred to, which I saw. And what he said was that capitalism without competition is exploitation. And it struck me immediately, uh, Margaret Thatcher's favorite, uh, famous saying that there is no alternative uh, is is kind of the backdrop of of how i automatically hear that and that there i think the idea is that competition within capitalism is what creates options and freedom and no one's stuck with one monopoly but the system itself is itself a monopoly on how we survive and that that's that, a good point you know, should it, it's it's already how they view the system and so the fact that Joe Biden kind of says that like it's exculpatory and uh, gives uh, capitalism a kind of ethical out is bogus. So, yeah, the, the idea that as a social system, which people don't tend to view capitalism as a social system, in fact, people, most people have a very vague idea about it, but it's, it is a monopoly of, of the society, basically. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Okay, excellent, excellent brief, succinct, and strong point brought up by Joe. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, it'd be nice to kind of continue along that vein. That was the thing. You know, I, I tend to, you know, when I see these uh, big political speeches, I tend to focus on what's not said, what's left out, what's sort of hidden between the lines. But again, you know, I, I, you know, I think just the energy of the speech in itself was important. You know, I, I, one has to take an incredibly, I think, you know, unless you're a, you know, a hardcore revolutionary with an actual organization that is, you know, that is building the, uh, with the masses to, you know, overthrow the existing order, <laughs> which is, you know, great if you're doing that. I don't see it happening um, much, and I, I just sort of talk on the radio, but uh, all power to people who are, um, you know, fighting the good revolutionary fight. But um, anyway, beyond that, it, it seems like uh, we do sort of have to take a, a nuanced view of of uh, social change uh, in a very generalized uh, w term. That uh, you know that that Congress is, you know, the executive branch is, the Supreme Court are all arenas of struggle, and so we have to take them sort of at their own level in some ways and sort of take heart from whatever signs we can see that things are sort of the ice field is breaking up somewhat. Anyway, I don't know. Is that too pessimistic a view? But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought, I just thought the, the, you know, one of our, one of the things that has to be done is to beat back, you know, this fascist kind of cadre that's sort of taken hold in the Republican Party. That's always implicit 
in capitalism as you know per the the book the capital order how invented economists invented austerity and paved the way to fascism I'd, i would say that you know capitalism itself paved the way to fascism but that's a a, a, a long conversation anyway um i've said enough for right now so let's go to our next caller who can who's Mark, and uh, you too can call in at 503-231-8187. I'm Paul Rowland. This is Wednesday Talk Radio. Go ahead, Mark. Good morning, Paul. I was sorry to hear about Pear. Uh, maybe we can, maybe you could broadcast his past uh, uh, Fight the Empire shows. Uh, you know, in, in foreign policy, we, uh, we, you know, we're grappling with the same uh, contradictions, the same hypocrisy, um, so it's nice to hear uh, an authentic anti-war voice. Um, I, I wanted to, to recommend uh, three articles that I posted on IndieBay.org. Uh, one is titled Why War? And it's a, a, an exchange of letters of Albert Einstein and Sigmund Freud. And Sigmund Freud emphasizes the need for for every state to be subordinate to a higher authority, which is really vital if we want to abolish war. Uh, the two others were, uh, uh, one, the Rand Corporation uh, a report just issued a couple days ago saying no one can win this war. And then uh, the third article titled, Ch uh, There is No Reason to Fear China by Hans Bowler, who has spent 50 years studying Chinese philosophy, Chinese history, and emphasizes that existence for Chinese is mutual existence, and that China is not expansionist and, and is focused on social and economic advancement. I, the idea that they're not expansionist, I find somewhat problematic. Look at this, you know, what, what you know, maybe not explicitly, you know, uh, waging war and colonizing other existing nations, I guess. But look at their economic expansions. They've plowed massive inf funds into infrastructure in other countries, which gives them a massive uh, kind of influence. Well, They're certainly expansionist in their their desire. They, you know, they built these artificial islands off their coast. That's kind of expansionist. I think I, I think there's that's a little uh, a weak. But go ahead. I, well, I get I your point. I think China is, uh, has supplanted the United States, and the United States is now a, uh, a very, uh, an empire in decline. Um, and so they're helping South, South American and Latin American countries and uh, Southeast Asian countries. Uh, well, now, yeah, but I, that, I that kind of help, I, 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 I don't see that as... I don't see that as being helpful because... Well, in, in, in comparison with the, the United States... Uh, 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 All I'm saying is that we we got to stop um, we got to stop the kind of um, expansionist uh, construction. We got to stop infrastructure construction. We have to we have to stop the human expansion on the planet. It's 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 too much, and China's just bought in to the model of of uh, of that kind of you know. Just the built, just to keep on building and building and building more and more infrastructure, uh, more and more economic production. They just bought into it, and it's it's madness. Uh, on another subject, you spoke of the schizoid nature of neocons or of 
politicians in general. Biden is a person who can who can say that that uh, small businesses have never been in a better situation, and then at the same time that countries where billionaires pay less than um, less than than workers and teachers is a, a broken country. It's he, true. He, he can say that uh, the environmental crisis is an existential crisis, and yet he can boast about the strength of our economy, which is a speculative and wasteful economy. Indeed. Uh, so that's my, my criticism. I, I wish he would have announced an end to the war and ceding the Donbass to Russia. I, I wish he would uh, well he can't he can't he can't do that no what he needs to do is 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 well, put all the pressure the that the US can summon on actual negotiations there has to be yeah. this thing is just gonna this this war is just gonna grind on and grind on and grind on and who knows where it's gonna go it's just it's just it's it's uh it's it's just bad all around anyway always good to hear from you mark okay. we got a couple more callers 503-231-8187 boy oh my gosh we're at 20 of nine already how did that happen i probably talked too much okay we've got an unidentified caller um uh, and after that robbie long time caller and uh you too uh, again like to hear from people who don't uh call ordinarily it's always good to hear fresh voices always good to hear the old voices let's see who we got up next go ahead you're on the air well yeah, I'm one of the old voices, and and the screener just didn't ask my name. It's, uh, okay. it's Mitch Paul. Oh, hi, Mitch. And it's just been ages. <laughs> no since mystery. I've called because I've been working a schlepper shift at uh, at 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 Kroger's Fred Meyer stores, so uh, I don't have, really have the time to listen except on on the audio archives on the KBU website. But but now I have a day off today, and and I very much appreciated um, both the way in which you approached the State of the Union address. And especially the previous caller, who seems to think that um, uh, approaching China uh, on the world stage is going to have easy answers. There's no easy answers, and 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 you you pointed that out. I mean, the idea that uh, the Chinese have not engaged in the same kind of settler colonialism that Israel is criticized for, the United States is criticized for, every country is criticized for settler colonialism, because that's how human history has worked. But the Chinese have introduced the Han, where the Han had no business being introduced, like Tibet. And, you know, it's funny how people forget about that when they start... Um, you know, looking for easy solutions on the world scene. So right, those are those are much. other other aspects of of Chinese quote expansionism that I didn't get into. I appreciate your bringing them up for sure. I mean, they're, oh right now, a, the Muslim community should be up yeah. in arms at the Chinese for what they're doing. Right. You know, and, and so that's another complex issue. But the the point I wanted to get back to, and that was crystallized for me um, in in your beginning to approach where Biden is disappointing and it has nothing to do with the with the right wing accusations that you know he has a failing mind no i think he has a very well working mind and he's so diplomatic that he sounds sluggish because he won't confront the contradictions in the policies he has supported his entire political career and where this was crystallized for me was that um before your uh, uh, yeah before this program came on was democracy now 
And Amy Goodman left only about a minute at the end of her program to speak to an economist from Astoria, Oregon, Dean Baker, about uh, Biden. And, and, and of course, in, in a minute, Baker didn't have time to unpack all the contradictions in, in Biden's policies and his recent conversion. But we as a body politic can demand that Biden go back and address his own policy failures through his career. That might take more than a soundbite, but he ne- he talks about the failures of capitalism. He never talks, he never takes the opportunity to educate the public that there are varieties of capitalism, just like there are varieties of socialism, and, and that he has been advocating in his political career since being the senator from DuPont in, in, in the rigged, feudal state of Delaware. Uh, you, you know, and, and Mother Jones Magazine did a great piece when, uh, you know, they, they weren't supporting Trump, but they did a piece called Biden and the House of Cards. And we got to see how much the lack of corporate competition is a result of policies Biden and then Obama supported. So can you and, name and a politician? If we don't, who, if we don't ha- bring that memory to the table and demand a discussion, I mean, I ta- I've been wrong about things. You've been wrong about things. We're all wrong about things. It's not except politicians. Politicians are never wrong about things. They, but if we, if they can't. The they think they can't to, afford to be. But the only way to deepen public understanding is to violate that rule of politics 101 and say, "Yes, I was wrong. Here is what I've learned." I, I'm with you. I, I'm waiting. I've been waiting for, for that kind of, you know, f- for the voice that comes out and and truly that, that actually is in a position of power and not on the fringes and criticizes American exceptionalism, unilateralism, the idea that we're, you know, that God is on our side, et cetera, et cetera. You know, yeah, I, 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 we need that. We desperately need that. And I have found one voice for it within the Democratic Party. And I just want to hip your, your, your listeners to it. Uh, now that I'm working at Fred Meyer, which is a union shop, and yet their union settled on one day of picketing a year ago uh, for a contract that is still non-sustainable to the people that work for the Kroger Corporation, and, and they are the leaders of non-competitive capitalism because they now want to buy out what's left of their competition and take their money with empty shelves in their stores and buy out Albertsons and Safeway. So what I found in the Democratic Party is a group called More Perfect Union. Have you, have you encountered them? I'm, I'm uh, sorry to say that I have not. Okay, have your listeners just uh, Google up, even though Google is one of the non-competitive... <laughs> but but have Google up a more perfect union because um, fact, I'm not getting their, their regular emails. Okay. And they point out exactly the hypocrisies in policies the Democrats have supported, and yet they don't want an anti-union movement being raised on the basis of a criticism that unions have not been fighting for workers' lives and rights. They don't want that converted into an anti-union movement the way Trump did it. We have to be smarter. We have to understand that, that any good system that is built, like unions, can be corrupted over time, and they simply need correction. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so I would say look up more Perfect Union. They did a great piece 
on how Kroger's management in Cincinnati covered up the fact that their own staff reported that their low wages and their business model of deprofessionalizing their staff has caused their own workers to fall into poverty and the taxpayers. Kroger is now the company whose workforce has the largest percentage of workforce qualifying for food stamps oh while goodness. they are paying profits to shareholders. And we, I've never seen a, Demo, a mainstream Democrat stand up and say there should be a law saying companies can't pay dividend profits if their workforce has to live on food stamps. And that was part of classical, you know, Adam Smith. Uh, and even Karl Marx's, you know, on, on how you set up a business. You have to take out the costs of your labor force. Well, they've gotten around that, and the Democrats supported that. And now there's a group called More Perfect Union that identifies as a Democratic group. They support the, the people in, like the squad, that come out and criticize previous Democratic policies, and that's a way to deepen our public understanding. Right on. Thank you for that suggestion. Well, thank you for, for standing up to when people offer easy answers like the previous caller. And, and I hope you do it if I ever offer easy answers. <laughs> I hope I'm up to, up to it. I'm, I'm glad I, I lucked out on this occasion. Okay, anyway, Keep joking fighting, aside. All right, Paul. thanks, I Mitch. I love your struggle. Bye. All right. Um, yeah, that was uh, interesting. Um, uh, 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 I hope he doesn't get in any trouble for that. Uh, anyway... Uh, well, let's go to our next caller, 503-231-8187. we got about 10 minutes left. So, oh, maybe Robbie left already. He did. Uh, are you still there, Robbie? Oh, guess not. Oh, well, we lost Robbie. He lost patience or had to do something. Uh, so, I'm left by myself. Oh, looks like we got a caller coming on. Uh, got to wait till Ty answers the phone and puts them into the uh, the system and uh, lets me know who they are. Um, oh, I was going to say, uh, I was going to say, oh, I lost him again. Uh, I got to stop using uh, Google that. I think uh, I, I just got to stop doing it. There are other search engines one can use. I mean, I criticize the internet itself, and that's a whole huge topic. All right, Robbie, you got through. What's happening, man? Hey, you know, just another Wednesday. Thanks for the conversation. I actually really recommend uh, Brave search engine. I've been I switched from DuckDuckGo to Brave. Uh, it's a pretty great non-advertising kind of search engine that seems to be providing me with reasonable results. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to just bring up, you know, and, and I'm I'm sorry for calling. I know you didn't want to hear from longtime callers, but it's just the the China thing. I mean, it's just it's really hard for me to. Uh, I mean, you were calling them an expansionist, but I mean, America just secured four more bases in the Philippines. And if you look at a map of the American military bases, they literally surround China, um, which is probably why China felt the need to make those islands, because there was the Hanian, uh, Hane, I can't pronounce it. There was a very, there was a uh, mid-air collision because our surveillance planes going over those southern China. Uh, sea collided with like another uh, uh, Chinese airplane, and it, it was this huge thing. So forget forget balloons, because, forget balloons. That sounds even worse. 
Well, I, yeah, the balloon thing is even more funny because, you know, I mean, look at how they reported it to our, our news and how quick it was. And then um, the real situation here is that it seems like they're they're overplaying the balloon thing. I mean, even the CIA admitted that they're the the Chinese space satellites above our air, uh, above our area is uh, capable of collecting more information than what those balloons were uh, collecting. But that's that's you know another topic. But I, so you know, getting I, back to the the China thing, I, th- I I your point is well taken, and I guess that's basically an admonition to me to like not hold on hold on hold on. It's an admonition to me to not bring up. You know my critiques of uh, of countries that I see as having their own uh, serious issues, like I, I see China, without the, the the real geopolitical context, which is exactly you're quite right. They just uh, announced this uh, expansion, further expansion in the Philippines, the United well, States, and it's more than just that. Oh yeah, totally. Go ahead. I, I just got it. I had to say the uh, the whole, you know, the Uyghurs that when I first heard about it on our American media, I was actually, you know, outraged, too. I was like, oh, my gosh, these and uh, education camps that they're putting them through. And then I started reading more into it, um, not really on our American airwaves, but there was violence coming out of a lot of those communities. And apparently they didn't know what to do. You know, I look at how America has treated our <laughs> same situation because it seems like you know we kind of resort to the same tactics as far as you know surveillance or rounding people up and putting them in education stuff but uh you know i mean if you look at that area the same kind of conflict was happening against the soviet union and a lot of um that territory and, and, and muslim uh they were we were training you know the majuma hajabin uh to fight you know we, we basically trained uh what became al-qaeda and so I think that America's had its hand in a lot of that large support of creating destabilization. And as far as Africa goes, because, you know, uh, China is investing heavily. I mean, we overthrow countries like Bolivia to get the, the resources that we want from there. And China builds them schools. And, and so it's just, you know, if we're going to look at them as being expansionist, I, I just find it very funny because it seems like they're doing it a little bit better, maybe kind of like more in the long run. Yeah, but the the problem is with with the with with the it's expansionism is a I guess I'm using expansionism maybe somewhat differently that to me you it's human expansionism is a serious problem on the planet human expansionism is is basically destabilizing our climate such that we we risk uh, we risk uh, we risk annihil basically annihilation. As the sure, as the climate, right, right. So, so I'm, what I'm saying is, I think, you know, just like the Soviet Union, you know, went on this, embarked on this massive industrialization, massive militarization, in competition, you know, with the the global capitalist system, and it, it, one can understand it all. And you know, Ch- I think China was the same thing, and they they basically wanted to out, you know, outperform. And sort of in a way, you know, like well, Khrushchev, there's this famous, uh, you know, thing, you know, pounding his fist, we will bury you. I think there's something to that, that the Chinese basically wanted to to not just outmaneuver, outflank, um, you know, outcompete. You know, they basically wanted to sort of swamp the capitalist system and, uh, you know. Well, what would they, what would, what would be the alternative, turning into Cuba? 
what's the alternative? Oh gosh, I don't know. The alternative is I mean, is is if they is, don't fight, if they don't fight, then they're going to be you know pretty much like a Venezuela or a Cuba, which is heavily sanctioned, well, can't afford to feed their people, and then you know looked at as being down upon. China raised all of their people out of poverty. Extreme poverty, you know. I mean, right, look at those like, cities. Look, look at, at those our, cities. Look at the mass of burning of coal. Look at the terrible, the terrible health effects. Look at the. I mean, hey, there's nobody starving. <laughs> there's nobody starving to death and sleeping on the street. Yep, I'm but, I mean, but yeah, I'm, you're right. You're right. You know, it's like let's destroy the planet, and you know, I mean, I, I mean, but I'm just sitting here and I'm like listening to this, and I had to bring up the other side, and I, I don't support China. I think that China would be the representation of 1984 and America's brave new world. And these are just the two authoritarian dictatorships that we support that both use capitalism. <laughs> All right, that's kind of how I look at it. So we don't really disagree. So there's no need to ar argue about it. But uh, anyway, so yeah, the what's the alternative? I don't know. The, the alternative is is a, the kind of, you know, visionary, you know, you can call it degrowth. You can call it, I, I think what, what a lot, what, you know, what, what came out of the, you know, the 1960s and 70s, sort of a, a, you know, a, a, a third way, if you will, not the not the third way of uh, of Tony Blair and Clinton, that ridiculous, but you know, a real alternative to you know uh, state capitalism, which communism became, and uh, this total uh, obscene, ultra competitive, uh, hyper militarized uh, capitalist system. You know, and we, the problem is, you know, the, those of us fighting, whether we're in China or the United States or wherever, don't don't have the power. So, you know, we get we get we do what we can. We get with the whether it's the more perfect union, whether it's the squad, whether it's, you know, the Black Lives Matter, whether it's, you know, Earth First, you know, our 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 our, our attempts, we, we need to link them up. We need to strengthen them. We need to call out capitalism, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. But we're about out of time, and we got another All caller. All right, thank you. Have All a right. good day. Uh, let's have a. We got one more caller. Um, let's see who you are, uh, Dan. And uh, uh, Dan. Okay, go ahead. You're on the air. I, I, unfortunately, it seems to me that Cable is kind of going downhill big time. Pair was the the one uh, actual person who could rep represent what's actually going on. Needs a human revolution of people being able to rise up with the grassroots and the squad would not sell out to Nancy Pelosi and the fact that Kabu and you're thinking be careful that somebody is going to get in trouble for talking about how unions are important and Fred Myers and you're kind of um, t turning on that guy instead of being I wasn't turning on him I just said I just said I hoped he doesn't get in trouble for publicly saying what he was saying which is you know I'm saying that you're watching your your ass and we don't want to know what happened to pair and that only show that was the last living spectacle of what we need to hear on cable what we used to hear on cable because it's kind of like um, you you're just kind of watching your back and and running around a nuance trying to make it sound good when Biden is sounding so wonderful, and we're having Raytheon be in charge of the whole, you know, come, uh, we talk about Eisenhower and the military-industrial complex getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and you don't want to hear people talk about that, and you're just not encouraging okay. to, us to talk about why did the squad drop their letter about the fight the vote thing. We're huh. not really talking about things that really matter, huh. that that you're just kind of thinking, oh, yeah, Biden gave a really great speech. And then 
giving somebody a hard time who's trying to bring up the record about they'll make a great speech and never follow through on anything. So I don't really know you have the wherewithal to bite the empire because it is bad news. Okay. Well, I respect your opinion. I, I, I respectfully disagree because I think I actually have... Whoop. You're not in there around anymore, but anyway, you know. Okay, every, uh, I, 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 I possibly am being too nuanced. I possibly am. Uh, I don't think I gave too much credit. I thought I was, uh, you know. Anyway, I'm not going to defend myself, and we are uh, pretty close to being out of time. Um. Uh. Oh, let's just get Pete in. Can we do we have thirty more seconds? Okay, go ahead, Pete. You got the last word. Well, we lost Pete. Uh, okay, well, you know, uh, I, I had wanted to talk about woke. <laughs> that was my original subject before I realized that I was coming on the day after the State of the Union. And uh, I know I'm interested in this Hulu 1619 project. Um, uh, but, of course, I can't go there because uh, we are just about out of time not now. Thank everybody for calling including uh, uh, the uh, previous caller who was very critical of me. I think we could have had a more interesting conversation. Um, I don't know, but we're out of time. Thank you, Ty, and uh, get get better. Stay stay strong, Pear. Um, you got, got people who love you, and uh, see everybody. You're listening to KBOO Portland, 90.7 FM. The time is 8.59 a.m. You're also listening to K282BH Philomath on 104.3 FM and K220HR Hood River on 91.9 FM. Pipeline is a radio program dedicated to educating the public about the Oregon criminal justice system. Topics include incarceration and reentry, addictions and mental health, elections and laws, victims' rights, and criminal justice reform. The program presents